Welcome to Mono Football Coach Podcast. I got a special guest on today. It is Coach Eddie Smolder from Ripley High School. Uh, probably my favorite coach ever. Uh, he is the man. Um, we actually coached against each other three times when I was at Riverside, and we're up here talking ball today. Uh, coach Smolder is a Ripley legend. Uh, his name's on the board here, um, All-State player, and a good, good friend of mine. I'm, I'm lucky to call him a friend. Uh, coach Smolder, what's going on? Oh, not much, Zach. I appreciate you for having me on. It's, you know, a good opportunity to talk football and, you know, share some time with a friend. Yeah, that's awesome. You were just driving me around town, showing where you grew up. And uh, Ripley seems like it's a true, like, all-American town. It is. It's a great place to grow up and, you know, raise your kids in. And it's a close-knit community. It has its pros and cons just like any community. But, sure. you know, I'm proud of where I'm from. And, you know, I was born here and went to school and left like a lot of people do and came back and, you know, my goal was always to come here and be the head football coach, and so I'm kind of fulfilling that dream and trying to make our community and school proud by, you know, working hard and doing the right thing. Heck yeah. So you <clears throat> you played here. Talk about your, your playing days a little bit here, Ripley. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to have a good football coach, Frank Marino. You know, he was a legend coach here at Ripley High School, and he's the all-time leader and uh, wins here. And, you know, my goal was to be a part of a winning program like I witnessed when I was in elementary school and middle school. Ripley in the 80s and early 90s was very competitive at a state level and was, um, you know, usually a playoff team. If not, they had a winning season. So growing up, I was in awe with, you know, the lights and the atmosphere of a small town, you know, football team, a group of, you know, boys going against another town. So that drawed me in. And, you know, my dad playing football was a big influence on me, wanting to, you know, be a part of, you know, the greatest sport on earth, in my opinion. So, you know, with that being said, I wanted to play high school football, and I got the opportunity to. And, you know, I was fortunate enough playing here with a good group of guys, and we had, you know, some success. We made the qualify for the playoffs, you know, the three years that I was, you know, on the varsity team. And, um, you know, we my senior year, we upset Morgantown. We were the number 16 seed, and they were number one. And, you know, they had the Kennedy Award winner on their team, Chris Yurov in 1997 and we went up to Morgantown and you know upset them there and you know made it to the second round and played Hedgesville and they ended up beating us in the second round by a touchdown so you know it was a special season you know for Ripley and um, you know I had a great experience here and allowed me to grow and develop and be a part of you know something special and you know which led on to you know getting the opportunity to play in college yeah so coach you played it you played at Marshall correct yes that's right uh, tell us about your experience there. I played under, um, you know, one of the best college football coaches um, of all time. It's Bob Pruitt. He's a great coach and a great, great man. And, you know, I was fortunate enough for him to give me the opportunity to play football there. I was on the team from 1998 to 2002. 98, I redshirted. And um, after that, I played a little bit of defensive end and special teams. My redshirt freshman year after that, I was moved to the offense side of the ball and played uh, short yardage fullback special teams and I was the uh, you know kind of the second string H-back that sophomore year after that I ended up starting at H-back my uh, you know my last two years and playing special teams and was uh, fortunate enough to be around some great players and great coaches and had a lot of success at Marshall we went to five bowl games when I was there and won all five of them yeah who are the um, who are some guys you played with that maybe some listeners would um, you know Chad Pennington Byron Leftwich um, Doug Chapman, 
um, Jason Starkey, let's see, Denaro Marriott, Steve Shulo, you know, played in NFL, Chris Massey. Yeah, yeah, Massey's um, from East Bank, right? Yeah, he is. Good good player and great guy. And, you know, he snapped for about 10 or 11 years in the NFL yeah, yeah. for the Rams and the Bears a little bit. Um, Darius Watts was another very good player. Luke Sammons. Luke Sammons, of yeah. course. I don't know if Luke knows what a podcast is. But. I don't know if he does either. I don't know if he can spell podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, I'm sure he's done many in his day. But, yeah, Luke and I played middle school football together. And he was actually a fullback in middle school. And I played guard. Okay. okay. And he, his parents moved going into high school. And he played for Ravenswood. And I played for Ripley. So we played against each other as friends. And then after high school, we, you know, were on the same team. And, you know, got to – play together and you know that was that was a good experience and special thing to be able to play college football with one of your uh, childhood buddies you know yeah. and you know he ended up growing a bit more than me so he played on the line in college and I sure. played in the backfield sure <laughs> he, so you know Ravenswood Ripley talk about that rivalry because that's a big big deal up here in Jackson County. yeah it is it's a big rivalry you know and um, we play for the hatchet mm-hmm. which is you know the trophy that's awarded to the winning team it's great for the county and the community and the schools, you know, and um, it's a it's a game that will always be played. You know, right now we're triple A and Ravenswood single A, so that takes a little bit out of the meaning of the game in my opinion. But, you know, it's a rivalry game. It's the only two counties in the school, so it's always the last game of the season and a lot of people look forward to playing it. Yeah. No and, doubt. you know, as long as I'm here, our goal is to keep the hatchet in the case and never let it leave. So there's a case in the high school? Yeah, there is. And, you know, I've been here four years, and this is the fifth year Ripley's won it, and hopefully we can just keep it there the rest of uh, of eternity. That's awesome. Eternity, I like that. That's good. (laughs) That's a good term. Uh, Coach, impressive resume as a player, impressive resume, a player in high school, player in college. Talk about your coaching journey when you got got done playing. Yeah, I mean, going into college, I didn't know if I wanted to be a teacher or like a landscape architect. Those are the two things I was interested in when I – I was offered by three Division One schools, and I chose Marshall. They didn't have landscape architecture, so I decided to go into teaching. Like, my mom, you know, was a teacher, and my dad was an extension agent, so more or less he was like a teacher amongst farmers at, sure. like, a county and state level. So that's something I was interested in. I always loved the game of football and wanted to be a part of it. So my last couple of years playing, I kind of got interested, you know, once you everybody notices or, you know, realizes they're not – cut out for the next you know the NFL where they know their playing time's coming to an end you got to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life to pay bills and be happy so I thought why not just be around football and help you know coach that way and you know give kids an opportunity to learn you know what I've learned and um, hopefully have a good experience of you know playing football and having camaraderie and those type of things working hard so after college I decided you know I wanted to teach and uh, coach and I ended up going to Ravenswood. For, oh man, yeah, yeah. I know I caught some heat over that, but they, you know, a lot of people there were good to me, and I have a lot of friends there from the two years I was at Ravenswood, and I got to start, you know, my coaching as an assistant there. So I'll always be uh, grateful of that. Dick Stern was the head coach at the time; he's a good coach and good person, and I got to meet a lot of people there in the community. And like I said, Luke was from there, so I knew a lot of people that way. Sure. Um, yeah, after that, I went to Sissonville. Um, high school and was an assistant for six years under Todd Chevalier and we had you know three winning seasons out of six and ended up going to playoffs two years and you know I got to grow and always be I'm always going to be thankful and grateful for Todd for giving me a chance of like 
you know, I was like 25 years old, mm. and he allowed me to be the the weight room coordinator and defense coordinator right. at the same time, and that was that was huge for me to be able to get a chance to do that at a young age and develop and learn and grow and find out what works and what doesn't work. And you know, he entrusted me in that, and I'll always be grateful for him. And I learned you know a lot about being a head coach from Todd, and I always knew like I was preparing myself after college to be a, a head football coach. That's what I wanted to do after I got into it as an assistant. I just knew I had to wait my time and wait for the right opportunity. And, um, you know, Coach Chevalier ended up moving on in, like, 2011. So I was hired as the head football coach at Sissonville and, you know, brought my spin on the program. And it helped being an assistant there because a lot of the kids knew me um, as an assistant. So that, um, you know, that was a good transition for me and them, even though – I was wearing a different hat. They kind of understood where I came from and what I expected. Our goal was to develop System Bill into a, um, you know, a playoff-type team and a state contender. And, yeah. you know, I was there four years, and we had three winning seasons and um, ended up going to the playoffs my last two years. And, you know, in 2013, we won 10 games and lost two games to the state champion, which was, you know, Wayne High School. Right. So, um, you know, we developed that program on toughness, discipline, enthusiasm and work ethic and you know i believe those are the four cornerstones of any program if they're going to be successful in a game of football so that's what we hang our hat on and that's what we developed we run our program like a family and um you know was able to get the kids to work hard and believe and you know believe in each other and you know good things happen we end up doing some good things and it allowed me to have success as a, you know i was hired at 29 as a head coach and my goal was to be a head coach before i was 30 and you know i got to do that and i have a lot of great friends from systemville and got to coach a lot of great kids that I'm still you know in contact with today and you know care about and they're friends with and so on and so forth so it was a great opportunity and yeah, a great awesome. a great experience and I you know Sessonville will always be like a second home to me mm-hmm. and you came here to Ripley and yeah you know the job came open in 2014 and um you know I was fortunate enough to be you know picked as the head football coach and that's what I always wanted to do and you know I felt like I was the person for the job I had experience you know I played college football and so on and so forth I was an alumni here and you know, ended up working out you know Will Haas Fluke the principal hired me then and I knew that um, it was going to be a big task being the smallest AAA school in West Virginia but you know I knew if we worked hard and believed and did all the right things that we could turn it around just like we did at Sissonville you know so um, you know this has kind of been a dream come true for me coaching at my alma mater there's, you know, there's pros and cons to every job, you know, and it's different sometimes being home at certain things where you coach other places. But, you know, I'm proud to be here, and I'm glad I'm here. And, you know, it's awesome to see that we finally turned it around, and I'm just thankful and grateful that our uh, kids in the locker room and my assistant coaches have been able to experience, um, you know, having a winning season. Yeah. I remember playing you guys every time we played. It was always such a tough game. You got You guys are always physical well coached uh, all those types of things and that kind of gets me into my next question talk a little about your philosophy both you talk about your overall program philosophy talk about your philosophy on on offense and defense a little bit well offensively I kind of you know I played in uh, Marshall's offense in early 2000 where we were in the top five no less than top 10 every year in offensive stats in the country and um, you know we ran inside outside zone and power and um, you know, play action, spread, and, you know, we go empty, two tights. I mean, we were very multiple, and I got to play under some good offensive coordinators. So, you know, I know that type of offense very well. Um, but for me and the kids, 
that I have, and I've had had at Sissonville, I felt like I needed to meet the needs of the type of players we have for our offense. So ultimately what it comes down to is us is we're going to, we run no huddle and we're up tempo. We want to try to control the clock Mm -hmm. and eat as much clock as we can. We feel like our offense is our best defense when we have the ball, the other team can't score. Sure. So, you know, obviously we want to score every play, but that's not a reality. So we want to move the chains um, and control the clock. And, you know, the most important thing is no matter what offense you run, you have to be able to take care of the football. It doesn't matter if you're a spread, RPO team, triple option team under center, a wing tee, or multiple, you have to take care of the football. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, doesn't matter what you run. So we stress fundamentals and, um, you know, protecting the football, moving the chains on offense. And whether it's out of shotgun or under center, we're, you know, we're outside zone, run option, and, um, you know, gap scheme on the inside with power and counter. Yeah, yeah. So tough to defend because you guys check check the line a lot, and I know we get a call on defense, and then they you know they huddle, look over, and that's that's tough to deal with. Defensively, talk to me about what you like to do as a head coach. Um, you know, defensively, um, in the past, I've ran you know different schemes, but I think my favorite is um, the odd stack, and that's what we've ran the last four years here at Ripley. And this year we finished I think uh, sixth or seventh in total defense, and you know triple A, which you know, it was a big accomplishment for us being the smallest uh, AAA school. And that comes down to our kids believing in what we're doing and, you know, working hard in the off season and improving themselves. But ultimately it comes down to them, you know, making plays and being disciplined in their technique and their scheme and, you know, watching game film and, you know, buying into our adjustments that we're making so on and so sure. forth. So we scheme people, you know, yearly, not just on a weekly basis. And we try to do the best we can that way to let our kids know what – they're going to do and what we expect us to do in certain situations. So we just wrap that from everything from film to, you know, chalk talk to walkthrough to, mm-hmm. you know, half line to full speed. So we try to do things over and over to create habits and, um, you know, try to play fast and physical. With the 3-5, we feel like it fits our players better. We have a lot of, you know, 170, 190 type kids. We don't have a lot of real big size. So, you know, more linebackers, DBs we can play, we feel like the better off we're going to be. Sure. You were talking about, you know, like breaking down film with your kids, chalk talk, walk through. What do you find is the best way to teach players scheme um, during the year? I think the best way to teach kids through the year or any time is, first of all, they got to know um, that you're real, number one. Number two, that you have their best interest at heart. Mm. Number three, that you care about them and this is a family like you preach. And if you do those things and you're sincere about it, which we are, and we do this other than just W's, we want to help these kids become better men and let them be a part of another second family is what we call it. Um, if you do that, then they'll do anything you ask them to do. Hmm. And doesn't matter, you know, really what defense you do or what scheme you run. Obviously, you got to rep the crap out of it and do it over and over and over and be good at it. But if you truly care about them and have their best interest, you can get them to do any type of scheme you want. Yeah. You know, so that's just kind of the approach we take. But, you know, we play a lot of man coverage and we like to blitz, you know, in certain situations. You know, we have a goal line package to like our base package to, you know, like a nickel type package on past situations. And, you know, each year is a little bit different with the type of kids you have. But, you know, we base out of the odd stack and we adjust, you know, adjust from there. Yeah, you guys always do a good job. I remember we were – we were preparing to play you guys when I was at Riverside. I think I texted you a picture of like us watching film at like five in the morning 
it was like a Labor Day. <laughs> you know, on Labor Day, you get up early and watch film. You play JV early, and I was like, "This is my second favorite team to watch right here." Watch Ripley because you guys always do such a good job preparing, preparing to get your kids ready. And coach, kind of the, the wrap it up here. What what would your advice be to like a young coach who wants to get into coaching high school? Maybe has aspirations to be a to be a head coach. Um, I think number one, you got to do it for the right reasons. Um, and that being that you want to help improve or give kids tools to become better people, mm. number one. Mm. Um, number two, you have to make sure that you are patient and caring and understand that nobody's perfect and it's a learning process and these are high school kids and, you know, they are growing and you got to continue to help them grow through the four years you have them develop kids. I think number three is if you're going to do something, you better do it to the best of your ability and be all in. So like you, Zach, and doing this podcast and meeting with me and, you know, it's a 365-day job. It's not just a three-month job and you're done. It's all year, all the time outside of, you know, your family. Um, it's what you do and what you are. And, you know, that's why I like and respect you because you're all about that. I mean, you motivate me in a lot of ways just – send me texts or PowerPoints that you create. I'm thinking, when's this guy have time to do all this stuff, man? Is he doing PowerPoints in his sleep or watching the huddle? Um, Maybe. You know, so if you're going to do it, you better be all in. It better not just be like a hobby that you do. It better be your better be your lifestyle and what you are and who you are. Yeah, and definitely, you know, we both we were talking about riding around Ripley in the truck, how your family's got to be all in on it too because they got to be willing to sacrifice time and knowing that. I mean, I get paid a lot of money, but it does take a lot of time commitment to be good. Yeah, it does. And, you know, teaching and coaching go together, and they kind of branch together, and it pays the bills. And But, you know, I'm fortunate. I have a awesome wife, and she grew up in a coaching family, so she gets it. She understands. It's not always easy on her or me, sure. but she understands the big picture, and that, you know, I'm fortunate enough. She's allowed me to coach, and she knows I'm not just doing it for the money. I'm doing it to – you know, better help better these kids and give them a good situation, be a part of something bigger than themselves. And, um, you know, she respects that. She understands my mission. And, you know, I wouldn't be able to do it without her support. Yeah, no doubt. Um, i got to give a shout-out shout out to Emily as well. She's going to be my next guest on the podcast. She's been asking me to do it for a couple – about a year, Coach. And uh, You'll be careful what you ask yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to actually write out my questions when she gets on here. Uh, what is she going to say to the listeners of the podcast? Um well, Coach, I thank you for your time. We're going to talk some ball here, podcast people, and I'll put this up here shortly. Thanks, Zach.